Welcome to a Lunch with Biggie, a podcast about small business and creatives sharing their stories and inspiring you. My guests today were fascinated with marshmallows since being a kid, and now they create these gooey delights that make you keep coming back for s'more. Please welcome the owners of Sugar Rush Marshmallows, Julie and Jean Summers. What's going on, ladies? Hey, Hi. how's it going? Thanks for having us. You're very, very welcome. Um, so obviously, I'm a, we're in our lunch break, so I kind of need to always ask my, my favorite question. What's your go-to sandwich? Um, probably some sort of chicken sandwich, I guess, if I had to pick one. Okay. I'm going to go with a cold roast beef on, with a lot of veg with on something grainy. All right. Perfect. And then, of course, for dessert, we're probably looking at a s'more, probably, maybe. S'more sandwich. Somewhere yeah. in that universe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. I, I like that. Somewhere in that universe. That s'more universe. I like that. Um, yep. So tell people a little bit about Sugar Rush Marshmallows and what made you guys decide to start it? Um, I made marshmallows when I was younger. And after we... Um, moved to Orlando area we I started making them again and um, started bringing them over to Jean's work and they would test them out and we kind of thought it was a hit so we decided to get the ball rolling and and start Sugar Rush. Uh, I was working at a really large coffee shop at the time and Julie was hit you can't just make one marshmallow I mean you can but it would be giant but so I was bringing them in and then uh, people were giving us a lot of feedback and it was it really really helped because there are a surprisingly large amount of different ways to make a marshmallow so we were able to kind of figure out what we wanted to do with them there and then get a lot of feedback Mm -hmm. and we just kept hearing you guys should you guys should sell these you guys should sell these so like all right let's let's go all in and do it so I just out of curiosity, why marshmallows? Like I, 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 cause obviously there's like a variety of different things, but like, what is it about marshmallows that like, because you guys go into a very, um, you guys are very like, I mean, it's, you guys are very, everything very like almost from scratch. So like mm-hmm. my, 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 my initial question is why marshmallows out of all things to make? Cause, and then, and then also the idea of why go to the extent of where you guys kind of go, where it's like, you're making your own marshmallows, your extract, graham crackers, mm-hmm. everything's from scratch. Why is that important to you? Um, I actually went to a marshmallow factory as a kid when um, we were, I think, outside of Las Vegas somewhere. So I thought that was just that the experience of that was interesting. So I got interested, I guess, in the 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 science of making making candy and um with making the extracts i just thought it was would be the right way to go like make it's not incredibly difficult to make an extract so why not make it as clean as possible with with the best flavors we could well while you were practicing with the Mm -hmm. recipe Cause she, I mean, she would, I, I would come home from work and she would have recipes pulled out from like centuries ago, things that were written <laughs> well, down. Like she's studying all the different techniques of how to do it. And like the moisture levels and all this kind of stuff that you can control in the heat. And then on that, pro- it, during that process on that journey, it's like, oh, well, let's make the extracts. Let's make the sugar syrup. Cause there's no reason to have corn syrup. And then we can control. Cause uh, we decided not to use any corn syrup. Mm-hmm. And then there it was silly not to use corn syrup and then allow other things with corn. And there's corn and extracts, there's corn and powdered sugar, there's corn and everything. So uh, in the process of trying to eliminate corn, 
basically just because we didn't want to use corn syrup, mm-hmm. we ended up having to make everything. And then there's no point in making a marshmallow going through all that trouble and then putting them on someone else's graham cracker. So we had to, we had to figure out how to do that. And um, we just loved it, like making them and then we can tweak them and then shape them. And, but it was a good way to deliver something that we could control as much of as possible and present that moment to our customer. So it was great. No, that makes sense. Julie, how long did it take you to come up with like, since you had so many different recipes and you were kind of coming up with it? Cause I know you kind of simplified it. Um, you were able to simplify it, make it a little bit easier mm-hmm. for you to make. I know it's a 24 hour process. Um, but like, yeah. how did you, like after all those t- experimentations, like how long did it take you where till you were like, you know what, this is it. This is a sugar rush marshmallow. It probably took a couple of months really of trial and error. And we had like a, B and C mm-hmm, test mm-hmm. and we would test, you know, how, long they were good and the texture and what happened with those over over the course of the 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 days weeks and months and um, just gotta figure out what your goals are yeah like one of our goals was it has to taste good um toasted and not toasted it has to feel good toasted and not toasted and it needs to toast a certain way Mm -hmm. and so with all of those goals then just tweaking things over and over again but yeah probably it was probably about eight months in total i think with daily testing. (laughs) We ate a lot of marshmallows for a while and we're still developing it. Like we're still, as we learn, we're obviously still getting feedback from our customers and changing things. We have to change things according to the season because it's more humid in the summer. So our recipe has to change and our process has to change. Mm -hmm. And then, so it's constantly updating. I was going to say, there's definitely a science to it. And as the longer you guys have been doing it, the you kind of know those things like okay around this time frame this is usually kind of where it goes what um so once you got to that point like at what point during those eight months did you guys go okay you know what i want to start doing like pop-ups and farmers markets and things like that uh probably pretty right right away like our first pop-up was the feedback fair at eastern market Mm -hmm. um that we did and that was our first experience with uh people who weren't just testing like right. out of that weren't my co-workers yeah that weren't <laughs> co-workers or friends or family so it's a pretty uh pretty lucky thing to get hooked up with right off the bat mm-hmm. you know? i was gonna say <laughs> tell me tell me a little bit about that because that's that's something that i know that that hasn't have obviously i don't see it happen that often so i know it was an opportunity mm-hmm. that came up so tell people a little bit about how that kind of came up and how you guys were able to be a part of that. Cause I thought that was very interesting. Well, just super briefly, like, I mean, we, there are certain things in Florida that you can make under cottage law. Marshmallows happen to be one of them. Um, but we wanted to be able to expand quickly because marshmallows take up a lot of space and are very sticky. So we reached out to East End Market to ask about being part of their commissary kitchen. And at the time they didn't have space in their commissary kitchen, but they were interested in the idea. Mm-hmm. So they um, invited us to take place in the foodpreneur class, which we were unable to do. I can't remember why, mm. um, probably busy making marshmallows, but <laughs> um, and then they said, it's started. okay to come just to the graduation ceremony, which was the feedback fair. And uh, we weren't really sure what to expect. We just knew that it was, they were creating an event where people who had gone to this class, people who were aware, of it could come and try try out their branding, try out their flavors, mm-hmm. try out their, you know, get face-to-face interaction with people who didn't know um, 
them and didn't know their product and then ask questions about pricing, ask questions about portions, ask questions about that kind of thing. So what an education mm-hmm. and what a cool thing to be able to do with such a cool place. And then also to kind of get, you know, connected with that, that incredible part of Orlando and that community. Yeah. So that helped mm-hmm. us out a lot. And then mm-hmm. using, um, because we went into an unusual product, we were very lucky to be able to get into a lot of even the, the best markets really early on because we were making something very different. And uh, so we enjoyed a lot of uh, a lot of access to different mm. things in that in that regard that we might not have gotten if we would have done something that was um, had a little bit more competition. Yeah. And I think that's something that I one of the things I admire is the fact that, you know, because it is you're right. It's something that is different. Uh, mm. And so because of that, it just makes sense to, to kind of have that. Cause that's what obviously places want. Um, is there anything you look for when you're looking at farmer's market? Cause obviously since you, you're, you're basically can able to go to any one of them. Cause obviously a lot of them will be like, Ooh, I, I'll take, I, I'll take a sweet person, uh, you know, some sweets in, in my, mar- in my market. Is there anything you guys, um, look at or like kind of like noticed or, or kind of become aware of, um, that maybe you would share to someone, like, let's say that they wanted to do farmer's markets, um, anything like tips or tricks that you would think of them to be wary of, or possibly maybe just kind of be aware of what, you know, what some things that you, uh, you guys look for now when you're looking at entering or doing a different market? I don't know. Um, I mean, competition is always going to be there. Even if your product is unique and you're doing a dessert, you've got several other desserts that are out there there's only so many dessert dollars you know mm-hmm. to go around for customer acquisition but markets are a great place to start and getting getting in is just takes perseverance um yeah maybe try to figure out what your goals are like are mm-hmm. you are are you able to go out just for uh, brand recognition or to have a chance to talk about your products with somebody and get it out in front of people and get feedback? Or are you at the point where like, it needs to be a money-making event or you can't mm-hmm. afford to go and then just kind of figure out what the goals are. And, um, sometimes you have to just go out and try it and it's going to be a bummer and it's going to rain yeah. and it's going <laughs> to, somebody else is like, uh, there's going to be someone giving away something right in front of you. And like, part of it is figure out what your goals are. And part of it is just to have to not have expectations for what's happening and just try to make every event as best as you, as, as good as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some pretty good advice uh, at one of our earlier markets where it was like, there, there isn't going to be a market a day that's going to make or break your business. So if you just kind of go in with that, that kind of pressure and say, you know, let's see what we can get out of this, this night, who we can get in front of, how we can practice, like just, there's, there's markets every night of the week in, mm-hmm. in central Florida, you know, so try them and see what you think. And if it doesn't fit, then don't, don't keep going. But yeah. if it fits, then see what you can do, see what you can offer and see what community you can build. Mm-hmm. No, I, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so you guys went from pop-up. So tell me a little bit about the evolution. Cause I love the fact that you guys went, you know, pop-up obviously at food markets, but then you guys also now then evolved into the truck. 
mm-hmm. you know, so how, how was that like transition? Was that something that you guys always kind of wanted to do was to kind of have that, you know, the sugar rush marshmallow truck or, you know, what was the, the thought process on that? Or was it just, you know, just give me a little bit insight on there. Cause that's, that's something that I've always thought was super cool that you guys do that and have it. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's, that's a cost. That's obviously another cost. So that's like the, ne- yeah. almost like a next level. Uh, and we'll talk about the next one after that. Cause I know you guys keep, I, I love the fact that you guys keep building upon what you're building. So you're basically almost building like a, like a Mount rush, a Mount sugar rush, mar- you know, marshmallow <laughs> mountain, you know, of all yeah. of, of activities as you keep building, which I love sugar about rush it. For. That's yep. an uphill battle for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, uh, the food truck was always our, that was our initial goal. Like yeah. That was what we wanted. We wanted to go to events and food truck rallies and get marshmallows and s'mores to people who would be out there. We, um, and, and doing that in markets as well. It's, it's going to where people are. I worried about having our own place and just being so I guess stuck in one yeah. spot. We wanted to be where people are and get in their way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get, get in their, their way, way yeah. then they can be like, "Oh, I didn't know you could make a marshmallow," yeah. or you know, <laughs> "I'll have a s'more." And then the food truck also is a cool way to like have the show. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're we're working on like trying to do some redesigning and like invite people into that experience. And we have windows on all sides and uh, toasting something. Everybody loves fire. So, uh, in the tent, it was nice to have that open area, but I feel a lot safer in the food truck yeah. knowing that like nobody can reach across the table and accidentally touch something hot, you know, um, but being up there and having the show and showing people what we're making and that we're making it just for them mm-hmm. and they can customize it. And, uh, it's a, it's a really fun experience for us. It's a little bit of a performative aspect to it mm-hmm. that you can only do out of a food truck and, um, people walking by with their other food are like, Hey, what's going on over there? You know, which wouldn't happen in a store. Yeah. But when mm-hmm. we were building the business, we're not the only people obviously that make marshmallows and we're not even the only people that make marshmallows in this, in this area. Uh-huh. And I would definitely recommend to anybody who's trying to start any kind of business, look at what the people that are doing similar to what you're doing, what are they doing? Yeah. And obviously there are some lessons you're going to have to learn on your own. And there are some lessons you can learn from other people and say, you know what, I don't think I want to wait for people to come into my shop. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially with just two people, it's yeah. really difficult to run a shop. And a food truck was a way to get out there and still be able to control the process with minimal staff. Mm-hmm. And, and I, uh, so, I'm assuming yeah. also the food truck allowed you to then start doing other things that you guys do. Like you guys have yeah. that, like the frozen, like the frozen mm-hmm. marshmallows, yep. which is something that you probably was a way harder to do out of a pop-up in a cooler versus yes. being, mm-hmm. in a, being in a trailer, um, you know, and things like that. So I, th- I definitely think that those things then opened up avenues for you to then kind of say, oh, I can now expand some of my, my product um, as well when it comes to that. Another Absolutely. thing that I think during that time between the pop-up, you know, between doing, and, and obviously you sold, and and I was kind of curious about that aspect as well. Like how soon, because obviously you were producing, you were producing, um, you know, you're, you're, you know, you were doing flaming up and, and, you know, and kind of mm-hmm. like browning and tarting up, you know, like marshmallows, but then doing s'mores, but then you guys were also packaging the s'mores. At what point did you guys say, you know what, we should start packaging because obviously people are going to love this and go, man, I want to eat more of these. Um, at what point did you guys just start kind of thinking like, Hey, I want to start packaging these, um, and not only put them in, you know, for me to sell when I'm doing markets, but also mm-hmm. maybe possibly hit up stores to possibly sell my product in their, in theirs. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, that was that was also for markets. Like, yeah, it, it, everything pretty much happened together. Yeah. Like with with the uh, packaging, um, that was the the best way for customers to get our product. Yeah. And you know, a, a farmers market at eleven o'clock in the morning, <laughs> a, a s'more is not really their first choice all the time, but they. Mm-hmm will see that package of marshmallows and understand that they can do something with it later. Right. When, when they are interested in, in having something sweet or something hot. So then in that case, the markets ended up kind of being a demo Mm -hmm. situation for us. So, and then also packaging is a great way to spread your brand. And we were really interested in getting a brand across that people thought was approachable and memorable and packaging is an easier way to do that than just a, just a s'more on a plate, you know? Correct. So, and I think that's something that you guys have done really good at, you know, at doing with like your little characters um, Mm -hmm. and kind of building and building that little universe of like, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of making it approachable, making it fun, um, which I think is, is kind of what, you know, the, that's the idea. Like when I think of a s'more, I think of being a kid and summer and just like that gooiness and fun um, when it comes to that, which I think is, is really amazing what you guys have been able to kind of how you've been able to do it. What would you say is some of the hardest things that you've learned or gotten through all of this? Cause you've been doing this now for a few years. So like, what, mm-hmm. what are some, what are some of the hard parts that, that come with this? Obviously not everything is um, sweet and easy. Uh, there's a, you know, sometimes those graham crackers crumble. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> give me a, give me a little bit of a, give me a little bit of the reality, I guess some of the, the, the realities of, you know, of kind of going through that journey of what you guys have learned. Julie likes to say like, she'll tell people it's like, you'll, you, you already know it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done, but you have Mm -hmm. no idea, you know, how hard it's going to be. And, um, the, I think some of the hard parts are just people not liking what you're doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) or not getting it. And sometimes it's like, you work so hard for something and you go out to present it to somebody and it just, it just falls short somehow. And you kind of have to learn how to manage that, Mm -hmm. uh, if you're the one making it, packaging it, shopping it, researching it and selling it, it can, you know, even though like, this isn't our grandma's recipe, like we don't have like a, you just insulted my grandma problem, yeah. but mm-hmm. it does kind of like, you know, it's like, I haven't slept in two years, you know, just like it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so managing that, but also just like part of building, when we transitioned from our, from East End Market, which was great, like the amount that we were able to learn mm-hmm. there was incredible. Transitioning to our own kitchen, so we could expand. Um, that we, was very challenging. That was. We had a flood. Yeah. Um, part of our what, upgrades. Like two two weeks before we were going to open our space for our kitchen, and a cap blew off the wall and flooded our space and our neighbor's spaces on either side, and, and that shut us down for a long time. Yeah. On top of like just being really discouraging, and then um, we opened back up again, and then a couple of days later, everything shut down for the pandemic. And so it was really scary um, trying to figure out how to navigate that when it's your whole life, you know, mm-hmm. when you feel yeah. like you're doing it right and you're getting, you're on the right track. And so, I mean, that's another thing is like, sometimes you can do everything right mm-hmm. and things just don't work out. And, you know, uh, we've got a lot of support and a lot of great people to help pick us back up again and, and put us back. And we have wonderful customers that help mm-hmm. us get through that. But there are definitely days where it would be a lot easier if we had a boss to be mad at, or <laughs> if we had, uh, yeah, someone to talk about us. Somebody, yeah, someone to us. be like, that guy doesn't know what they're doing. And it's like, <laughs> it's me, it's me. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> so 
that's uh, that's so true. That's so true. <laughs> because since I, I do, you know, obviously I, I only person I can be mad at when it comes to Deli Fresh Dreads is me. Mm-hmm. There's yep. nobody else. I got nobody else to complain about. And if I fall short, it's me, not anyone else. So it's always, yep. it's always a tough one to, you know, cause sometimes you just need to vent. So I totally get that. I totally, yeah. uh, I totally understand that aspect of it. Um, so tell me a little bit about the kitchen. Cause like, I know that you guys, that was like a big one because obviously that made you kind of be able to do more mass production, obviously, because you needed the yes. space. Mm-hmm. Um, so was that something that you guys decided you were like, Hey, um, it's going to be cheaper for me to do my own kitchen than me going to a commissary kitchen. Um, is that kind of where the thought process kind of went? Cause I know sometimes folks that are making food, they kind of need to go to a commissary kitchen. Um, mm-hmm. is that something you guys kind of thought of doing? Is that what it was the thought process behind it? Yeah. I mean, for, for the product, if we're going to increase the size of the product that also increases the, um, the curing time. So even being in a commissary kitchen where we were allowed to have our, our product sit in a safe place overnight to have it sit in a safe place for a week is not realistic, you know? So um, yeah, getting a space just to make sure that our, our product is safe and, and setting up and breaking down every single day is, is a lot. And we were picking up, you know, two freezers and putting them in the back of our truck and mm-hmm. taking them out, you know, every day to make the the frozen ones. And it's, it's just a lot. So yeah. it was bringing mixers with us, bringing mm-hmm. pans with us, bringing, you know, and it's a, uh, it's a lot of carrying things around. So it's like, we, we found that the, we were using the commercial KitchenAid mixers and they just couldn't handle mm-hmm. the job. So we would have to replace a commercial KitchenAid mixer almost every month. But that was wow. the biggest one we could mm-hmm. carry. So yeah. it's like, you know, uh, so getting a kitchen was the only way to get mm-hmm. to the next step, no, and, whatever and, that ends up looking like. And that makes sense because it's almost like wasted wasted production time of you yes. trying mm-hmm. to go and like the tra- loading and unloading and the transportation and all of that. I mean, if you thinking about that, it makes total sense why you guys would yeah. have to go through that. Um, and it's impossible mm-hmm. to hire staff with that, with something like Correct. that, you know? So yeah, mm-hmm. there's only so much that can be done. Yeah. yeah. And I know now that you guys have moved. So I know obviously the, some channels that you guys obviously sell out, um, you know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but obviously the markets and events, you guys mm-hmm. also do sell your pro- do you sell your products in uh, in different, in different outlets and stores that people can buy your product, but then you guys also do online um, mm-hmm. as well. People can actually purchase online. Um, which yeah. I think is great um, doing that. Is there any issues when it comes to stuff like that, when it comes to shipping marshmallows and things like that um, online, just because of like heat and all those things going from one location to another sometimes? For for the marshmallows, it's not so much of a problem. It can be like, actually the ones that get shipped locally seem to have the most problems because <laughs> a lot of the um, mailboxes in this area are in the middle of, in the center of the sun, you know, it's, it's that mailbox that's just right out there getting hit by sunlight all the time. So, um, anything that's ever come back melted, or we've heard about that's been melted has been local. Yeah. So we end up just 
trying to trying bring to... it to them or have them pick it up or yeah. you know mm-hmm. something like no. that so but yeah out of out of state we've never had a problem that's awesome but yeah sometimes for like mm-hmm. our s'more pies and anything that has chocolate obviously you're gonna run a risk so we have to just be careful how mm-hmm. and we have um those insulators as well yeah so yeah which that plays another game then too right needing that extra space for all those things for packaging and all those other things that go with it um packaging's the hard part for sure (laughs) yeah mail and packaging trust me i i I feel you i'm actually uh i'm in the process of ordering new but more boxes because i i use a local uh, box company here in central florida that i buy my boxes from and so i uh i buy them I, i i'll go instead of doing the shipment i'll drive in open up my pilot, the trunk, and I lower all mm-hmm. the seats and I just like literally shove as many boxes mm-hmm. um, of that I can buy to kind of have just because um, since obviously I'm running everything through my house. So I definitely understand that. Um, I <laughs> So I definitely understand and my garage understands too when I see yeah. all the, the boxes <laughs> and shipping and the weights and and things fluctuating with price. And, and, and to me, I could mm-hmm, only yeah. imagine like mine obviously looks like food, but is not food, but yours is yeah. food. <laughs> Um, you know, and so then you also have all those type of things because you want it to look, have that look and, and that, you know, when they open it and grab it and all those things. Um, I, I also want to kind of talk about the fact that, like, I love the fact that you guys have, um, you know, you guys obviously created a bunch of different product lines, but you, you brought up the idea that you make a s'mores pie, um, mm-hmm. obviously using your own, like your own graham crackers um, as sure. the crust and everything like that. But you also make a heck of an amazing marshmallow fluff. Uh, you know, oh, or you. cream <laughs> or marshmallow cream. I think that's what you it was mm-hmm. properly supposed to be called. Um, and also obviously the stuffed marshmallows. So I, I definitely think, um, I think it's amazing what you guys have, have seriously done. Um, you guys definitely do an amazing job. I love the fact that you do create all these things. So it kind of provides almost very artisan in the sense that it's not like, Hey, you know, cause I, I can understand someone coming back and going like, Oh, well, it's just a marshmallow. Yeah. But it's, a, it's a, everything's made from scratch. You know what I mean? And it tastes so freaking good. Um, well, you. you know, like you, like even just getting like when you get just like a toasted marshmallow from a stick and you guys toast it, uh, it's just like, it just, it just brings you back. And it's, it's so, it's super delicious. So um, I definitely think you guys Thank are you. doing an amazing job with uh well, with what you. you guys are creating which is amazing to me um what other do you have any advice for someone starting out like and start wanting to start a business for for me is make sure that you can see yourself doing it every mm-hmm. day um yeah make sure you can see yourself doing it every day because it it's it's every day yeah and do do mm-hmm. research there's lots of information yeah. out there on whatever you want to do and you can learn from other people's experiences and a lot of people are willing to tell you you know what the right, you know, what, what's working for them, but just, you're going to likely be working your butt off for somebody. So you might as well do it for yourself. Yeah. And, uh, just, if you can see yourself doing it, then just do it. <laughs> just do it. No, that's, uh, that's very accurate and very true. Cause I definitely think that, um, there's going to be good times and bad times when you're going on mm-hmm. this journey on trying to, to do anything, any starting anything, anything. Uh, any type of journey, whether it's a, starting a business or even starting a hobby or, or just something self-improvement sure. wise. Um, it's definitely a journey. So I definitely uh, I definitely can see that. Um, do you guys have any final thoughts or advice that you would want to share with anyone uh, or maybe a mantra that you guys or a motto that you guys run <laughs> run with? Uh, whether, uh, whether doing an event or maybe even inside the shop when you're creating a uh, sweet marshmallows. I know Julie oh. always says, I'm just trying to have a good day yeah. or we're just trying to have a good time. And I think that's a good way to kind of keep focused, whether it's a good day for us or a good day for our customer, or just, just try to have a good day. And then, 
let that kind of guide you through it. Yeah. Simple enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, that, that's the way to go. What uh, I'll, I'll ask one other question and then I'll, I'll, I'll kind of ask for you guys to give a little bit more information about you guys. Um, do you guys have, so we're obviously in going into the new year. Um, do you guys have, what do you guys, I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious about how do you guys go into a new year when it comes to that? Like, obviously um, some people do vision boards, some people do things like that. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you guys do as a business of kind of like goal setting and and what goals you're kind of trying to set and like maybe things that you're kind of looking at or maybe I'll even rewind since we're ending we're getting we're ending mm-hmm. a year do you, do you guys do any you know kind of look backs on what you've done uh, and what you've accomplished um, during a pandemic and on all those things and, and the positives um, I'm just kind of curious if you do anything like that because I know. I know I tend to be bad at not doing that. And I tend to be Mm. sometimes short-sighted, even though I, I preach it very well. Um, I sometimes forget, (laughs) I sometimes forget it. Um, So that's why I'm kind of curious what other people do um, for either goal setting goals, as well as also looking back at goals that they've accomplished. I think that this time for any small business or any big business even is really difficult because what worked two or three years ago is not working the same way now. So we're really fortunate because as you said, we've got the food truck, we've got online, we've got catering, we've got wholesale, we've got whatever. So kind of looking into if things stay the way they are now, what should we put our attention into? Because there's just the two of us. So if is if food trucks are going to be the show and mm-hmm. then we can put more into online, then let's put our energy into that. But we, you know, try to think about what what it can, what can you actually do? Um, and then say, how can you put your energy into what's going to have the best payoff while still getting, like, we need the, the customer interaction. I need it for sure. So like, I have to keep food truck events, even if it's a little tricky to do them right now, mm-hmm. if we just go like full online or wholesale, it's going to be really bad for my heart. Yeah. <laughs> but so just seeing what could we do? What are we even capable of? And then what's the best way to focus our attention and energy into that to make it, make it work and just try things, you know, just try Mm-hmm. Right now it's hard. I think that a lot of small businesses need to be careful how much pressure they put on themselves to fight something that's just, it's not mappable currently. So staying flexible and trying to give yourself a little bit of kindness, I think is the only way to, to push forward right now. I think. Julie, you got anything else to add? Uh, no. <laughs> she did no, a really good job. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she does. <laughs> No, but I, I agree with you that that to me, as much as I did um, online shopping, I did a lot of online, the to me, the inner the human interaction, even though I, I only did a few, I did way less than I right. did years past. Um, I needed it because sometimes you kind of need that. Um, you need that. I, I'm going to say it. I need that. I need that immediate gratification sure. um, mm-hmm. of seeing of seeing someone light up or seeing someone be excited about something like that. Yes. Um, <laughs> in your case, like you guys see full immediate gratification because as soon mm-hmm. as they put it in their mouths and they do that, they do it. Mm, it's so good. And like, you know what I mean? Like you can become like a kid again, like that yeah. automatically helps you in my world. It's more of like, Hey, like, Oh, what is this? You know? So it's like, it's a little different, but I definitely need it. Um, just heck, yeah. even just someone coming to talk to me about sandwiches um does it yeah, for yeah. me because i i definitely understand that so definitely get it um where can people find you and support you and also most of all especially since i have people that listen from everywhere shop online if they wanted to shop online and get some marshmallows and make their own s'mores and then mm-hmm. before i even say that let me i'm gonna ask another question your i want s'more home s'more making technique 
I, I, I thought about mm. this just because if I buy some marshmallows from you online, like I'd say at sugar, sugar rush marshmallows and what, what's your, like, what's your technique um, on how you think we, I, I should make it at home. Cause I don't have you with a torch doing it. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys recommend? It would be some proper ways that you guys would think, um, you know, maybe some tips and tricks for home s'more makers. I mean, I, I still recommend like a brulee torch, mm-hmm. um, brulee torch and um, those little sternos are a lot of fun. You can just sit like around for the chafing table dishes. Yeah, for like a chafing dish. And those are a lot of fun to sit around with your friends or family and just torch around your little makeshift fire. Yeah, or just regular fire mm-hmm. uh, is obviously a classic way to do it. One of the reasons that we started making s'mores actually was over a bad s'more making experience, bad technique experience. Mm, yes. when, when we were first, when we first got together, we were trying to make s'mores for some friends. Um, when we lived trip, overseas, we lived in, nobody yeah. knew what s'mores were. Yeah, so we were on a camping trip with some friends and like we're trying to make s'mores without any of the correct items because we couldn't make a fire for some reason so we're like trying to make it with these weird like sterno press things and like it was a disaster so <laughs> so definitely don't try that but <laughs> yeah a, 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 even a cigar lighter those little tiny butane torches are great for toasting marshmallows mm-hmm. at home so however you do it just have fun that's the point yeah no i get it i usually do mine on the in the i've done it on the grill mm-hmm. i've grilled mine and then i've also mm-hmm. done them in the oven um, like a foil packet yeah situation? i do like a foil yeah. packet version of it just so that way i can put everything inside so it takes away the the fact because obviously there's no feeling better than when you're doing it on a fire and you get sure. like that char you get like your char or however you like your marshmallow to be but um at least for the ooey gooey chocolate melt everything like that i usually do put it on the foil pack on the grill or in the oven type of thing um, as a dessert. So that's why I was kind of curious what the experts say um, on it. Well, like, how do you like it? Are you a dark marshmallow, tan marshmallow? What do you, how do you do um, it? I, I'm open to either. I'll eat my marshmallow any way I can get it. As long as it's kind of <laughs> gooey in the inside, I have no problem. Mm-hmm. But I usually do like, I usually, if I do it, I'm not, I'll, I've done it both ways where I chart, where I like flame on and I blow it mm-hmm. out. And then I have others where I actually do like the, where I nice want it nice and brown. So I like let it, I put it up a high enough where I can mm-hmm. rotate it and get that like nice golden brown on it. Um, yeah. I'll do that. And then obviously when I do the chocolate and everything like that, and then I guess my last more, let me asking question is um, mm-hmm. just cause I'm, I'm really, I really want one now um, is <laughs> do you have a chocolate preference? Do you guys, is it like the traditional Hershey bar or do you guys have like a chocolate preference when you guys make this? Um, obviously I like playing around and I do, I do a variety of different things. Like I'll put, I'll put peanut butter on my graham cracker as well mm-hmm. and do all that. But I'm just kind of curious if there's anything that you, uh, if there's a chocolate of choice that you guys like um, when you make your grant, when you make your s'mores. We use for, for the food truck and well, we use Giardelli chocolate. So we use either milk, dark or white chocolate that, that they have that we go pick up at the Disney Springs store. Yeah. We do that because it melts so nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, and it's just simple ingredients. You know, Giardelli is just nothing, nothing fussy. And, uh, but we have a lot of different s'mores. We'll make chocolate sauce. We definitely do peanut butter and Nutella. Mm-hmm. We make a, we make a gorgeous salted caramel. If I say so myself, um, <laughs> that's really good on a s'more. Uh, and we're always trying to have extra items for people to be able to customize their s'more on the spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Halloween, we'd like to do like Reese cups and things like that. 
but since we avoid corn, you know, it yeah. kind of limits, yeah. we try to keep that limited. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's such a cool vehicle to be able to do so no. many different kinds of things. Well, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I loved, I absolutely loved what you guys created with, I mean, obviously you guys have done, um, everything from like your rainbow s'more, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. one of my favorites for the holidays that I thought was like amazing because hot, it's hot cocoa season is the, the, the mart that looks like the melted snowman that you can like the kind of floater, the marshmallow <laughs> floater. Um, oh, so to you. me, it looks like a snowman that's like melt, like you're melting your, uh, a snowman inside your, inside yeah. your cup, <laughs> inside your mug. And it, it's just, it's great. So you guys definitely do a great job. I definitely recommend, um, having them check it out. Um, with that being said, where can people follow and support and shop online? The best, the best place to find all of our information is probably going to be our Instagram, just mm -hmm. at sugar rush marshmallows. Um, we, I have a link tree in the bio there and it'll help you find our website. We do, uh, Uber eats on, you know, special certain weekends. We have our calendar for our food truck events. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then definitely keep an eye on the online store. We have a lot of things we want to try this year to help get it to have more items that can be shipped. Uh, we really want to open that up mm -hmm. so that we can have, bring more fun to more people. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's great. I definitely, uh, I definitely appreciate it. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much to, uh, to Julie and Jean Summers for being on of Sugar Rush Marshmallows for having lunch with me. Definitely make sure to check them out um, online. And if you're a local, definitely go to an event, have make, definitely save s'mores save some room for s'mores uh, and marshmallows. You'll definitely, you'll thank me afterwards. Um, if you enjoyed the show, definitely make sure to subscribe, tell your friends. If you want to support me, check out my brand, Deli Fresh Threads and do some shopping and obviously tell all your friends um, to shop local as much as possible and shop small. Thank you. Until next time, keep eating sandwiches and follow your passion. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you.